Good morning and welcome to the latest edition of the Estate Agents podcast on what is a very sombre, I think it's fair to say, Monday morning, Stephen. Um, how are you? Yeah, I'm good, thank you. It, it is very um, sobering. Um, my mum was taken to hospital over the weekend. Um, my sister took her. She said it is an absolute war zone there. She was scared out of our life um, with what she saw. So if that's what it's like um, now, um, what, it's, what is it going to be like um, when things get worse? So, you know, I think everybody owes a duty now to be um, yeah, and socially, I think... socially responsible um, and just, you know, be, be sensible. All these people going out is just absolute ludicrous. I mean, it's just ridiculous. I can't understand. You know, and I don't mean going for walks, you know, um, I'm talking about people that are going to parks, um, going to restaurants still, going to um, car rallies in London or whatever it was that happened on a Saturday night. It's just, it's just ridiculous. And then um, reading stories where um, people are going into hospitals and breaking in to steal money. I mean, what is wrong with these people? I mean, mm. it's just, just disgusting. As you know, Stephen, uh, I live in Norfolk and... Um... I was very saddened to see a number of people that uh, making their way to holiday in East Runton and, and all along the North Norfolk coast is, uh, yeah, I think yeah, we've all got a responsibility. There's lots of discussion at the moment and, you know, lots of people are genuinely fearful for, you know, the, the, the next sort of few weeks, you know, it's, it's jobs, it's livelihoods, it's incomes, um, which is why we are uh, very grateful uh, this morning to have Donna Obsfeld with us um, of DOHR. Morning. Um, morning, Donna. Um, I expect your phone's probably been ringing off the hook um, over the last, I would say, probably three days since the uh, Chancellor's announcements on Friday. Um, we're very, very grateful that uh, you're giving up your time today, um, this morning, and also for the, um, the Zoom meeting uh, for Concerned Business Owners later with Stephen uh, as part of his SJB Consultancy um, group. Um, Donna, over to you. I was lucky enough to watch your webinar on uh, a Saturday morning and uh, you kicked off the webinar with um, an important message for um, business owners. Now, obviously, on the Estate Agents podcast, we've got a lot of business owners, but we've also got employees. So we're going to try and tackle it from both sides in the limited time we have available this morning, if, um, if you will. But you kicked off Saturday's podcast with um, an important differentiation between three phrases. And I think that's probably, with, um, with your permission, where we should kick off today, if okay. you don't mind. Yeah, not a problem. So um, there are three or four different phrases which get used um, in relation to um, reducing your workforce, getting rid of your workforce. Um, so the first one is redundancies. That's the one that everybody knows. That's when um, you exit someone permanently from your business um, by using a proper redundancy process. So there is a business case um, which is drawn up and either some or all of the staff are then selected for redundancy. Um, in that instance, they need to be paid their notice as normal and they need to be paid redundancy pay. Um, and that's usually at a statutory rate um, based on the length of service and based on their age. The government are asking that we do not make people redundant. Um, and there are therefore some alternatives. 
The first one is short-term working, and that is where an employer has to have a consultation with employees and agree um, that in order to keep the business running at some level, they still require some start, sorry, some staff, and therefore um, will reduce the hours of those staff and will pay them for the hours that they work. Now, generally, with short-term working strictly legally, it's if somebody is um, doing less than 50% of their normal working week. Um, however, at the current time, we're seeing people reduced to 60-70% just because that's what their business needs. And I'll come back to that a little bit later, if I may. The other alternative is layoffs. Now, this is what um, is quite an old-fashioned concept, although there, there are contracts with layoff clauses in them. And that means that an employer does not need to consult but can lay off their staff for up to 13 weeks. Now, what happens with that is that there are there is a week's payment of guaranteed payments, which is currently £29 per day um, for your staff within any 13-week period. Um, but after four weeks of not providing any work to your employees, they can then come back and ask to be made redundant. And you can counter that claim if you can prove that there will be work for them in the next four weeks. Now, given the environment that we're in at the moment, that layoff procedure kind of doesn't really fit. And therefore, what the government has decided to do is to introduce something um, via the coronavirus job retention scheme. And they've introduced something called furloughed employees. And furloughed employees are employees for whom there is no work whatsoever or who can't actually do the work. So that may be that they can't work from home. It may be that they um, are looking after children or that for underlying health reasons, although they themselves are not sick at the moment, but for underlying health reasons, it's not appropriate that they come into work or they can't maintain social distancing. And in those cases, um, employees are furloughed by the employer and can be paid up to 80% of their salary up to a maximum of £2,500. The challenge that we have at the moment is that we don't really know how to um, get that money into the businesses. There will be a form available via HMRC um, on their website, hopefully this week, but we are waiting for clarification of that. And that does apply to business owners who have got um, up to 200, oh no, 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 sorry, that's available for businesses of all sizes, whether it's a limited company, PLC, um, sole trader or anything else. If you've got employees, then they can be furloughed. Okay, so I think that's the most confusing thing that in all my groups, everybody really just doesn't understand what it means. I mean, I've seen so many different conflicting reports as to, you know, you talked about um, this is effectively at the moment, estate agents, a lot of state agents have, are still open. Um, there's a whole lot of um, talk over the weekend, should we close, should we stay open? Um, 
and whatever. And there's a lot of people saying, well, do you know what? There's no point staying open now. I think we have the social responsibility we need to close. Other people were saying, well, hold on. People still want to see properties. People still, people still want to, um, still want market appraisals. So I still need my staff. Um, so there was loads and loads of discussions on Facebook as to what's the right thing and what's the wrong thing um, okay. to do. And we still don't really know what the right and wrong thing is. What I'm saying to people is to look at your workforce really, really carefully by individual and make a determination based on your business. So based on, it might be the area that you're working, it may, might be based on you know um, the amount of space that you have in the office. People still need to maintain the two metre uh, social distancing rule, even when in an office. So your office should only be staying open if you are able to safely operate. And that means being able to be at two metres from anybody at all times. Um, it also means that employers need to put in place really robust cleaning methods, um, making sure that toilets and kitchen areas are as clean as possible. Um, and, and generally, if it is possible to get people to work from home, then that is preferable because every time someone leaves home and goes into an office environment, um, unless they are the only person in that office, unless they are driving there and having no contact with anybody else en route, they're bringing germs back into their own home every time they return. So. I would say that your office should really only stay open if you're able to do so in compliance with all of the health advice and social distancing advice available. Um, if your staff are working at home, mm -hmm. um, what about a risk assessment and insurance? Yeah, so um, yes to both. It is absolutely essential that you check that your insurance um, covers for um, work laptops in their home and that sort of thing. They're not going to be having visitors to their home. They're not going to be manufacturing in their home. So from that perspective, insurance shouldn't be a huge deal, but actually just making sure that you've got adequate um, protection for your company products off-site, laptops, potentially even chairs. Um, you know, I said to one of my staff, take your chair home. You're going to be sat in your chair for a lot in the next few weeks. Make sure you've got a proper chair. Um, it's not needed in the office. They can't take a desk home. That's a bit ridiculous. But actually being able to take a, um, an external keyboard, an external mouse, um, if they use an external monitor in the office, then take that home. Anything to make life easier. Um, and then that's where the risk assessment comes in as well. So... Um, it's really important you as an employer you still have a duty of care to all of your staff regardless of where they work and therefore even if they are working from home you have a duty of care um, to ensure that they are set up properly that they are safe that they're working in a safe environment and ergonomically are they sitting at the right angle is have they got the right facilities around them and as an employer you still have a duty of care to ensure that they've got the tools that they need to adequately do their job. Okay, so go, just going back to the, the furlongs, um, can you say again who the people are? Can it be anybody that can be furlonged or is it people within certain, certain criteria that no, they're in self-isolation and 
Right. So um, if I give you um, an example, I know it's not relevant um, uh, specifically to your uh, listeners, but if you think about a cafe or a restaurant where they are now closed completely, all of those staff, whether they were full time or part time, can be furloughed. Um, the only person that it, we're struggling to fully understand the implications of at the moment is the business owners and the directors. So because there is still a judicial responsibility on the shareholder or the, or the director of a business, but if they are on payroll and they are processed, um, so that the, their salary, their basic salary is taken out of the company, then that as long as the government allow that, which we think they're going to do, then up to 80%, up to £2,500 can be taken out for those people as well. But for all staff, then yes, they can be furloughed. Okay, will I be able to, if I'm furloughed, um, does that mean I'm not allowed to do any work? Yes. Okay, so if I send my staff home on furlong, they can't. So, for example, one of the things that I'm saying for agents, if they go home, this is now an opportunity to, um, say, do something like this, a Zoom call every morning where everybody calls in at nine o'clock. Then you say, can't furlough them. Okay, fine. So it's very specifically to prevent people being made redundant. So if you make somebody redundant... Yeah. There is no work for them. They don't continue to work for you once they've left your business. They don't continue to join you on Zoom calls if they've been made redundant. And therefore, a furloughed employee is exactly the same as that. In effect, they are out of your business and that's the only way that they would qualify for that um, job retention scheme money. Um, and that's why some organisations are going to need to furlough some staff and put others onto short-term working. Okay, so effectively they're, they're the two options. They're the main two options that we're, we're, we think we're going to see people using. Okay, unless people, you know, we've, we've noticed there was a big announcement um, on Friday night that um, Spicer Heart made a lot of people redundant. Another one of the big franchise companies, Belvoir, um, I think made 15 people redundant last week. Um, before, I think, um, the Chancellor came out with his announcements. Um, can, can they change it retrospectively yes. if they need to? Yes, and they are being advised to do so. So anybody who was employed as of the 28th of February and was made redundant from the 1st of March onwards as a result of COVID-19, can be and, and technically should be reinstated and then be um, able to access the furlough payments. Yeah. And just a quick question there, Donna. Um, if you're furloughed, it's 80% of your basic salary only because we work in an industry, obviously, which is heavily commissioned. Some people are commission only. Some people are a combination of basic and commission. What, what is the government's stance on that, that 80%? Is it, you know, for example, my partner, if we take it outside of this industry, is on a 16-hour contract, but she's regularly demonstrated over 18 months she's been working 40 hours a week. Yeah. Where do people stand in, in that scenario? So that's one of the things which is not clear. I mean, 
the guidelines that came out, um, there's a link to them off my website, but they are so sparse that that bit isn't clear. Um, we believe that the £2,500 cap will be applied and it would be all income up to that cap at 80%. So um, you would need to be earning over 30,000 um, in order to not get the two and a half thousand pounds per month. Um, but we are waiting for more clarity as to whether or not they're going to say just basic pay um, or whether or not they're going to say basic pay plus commission. Um, probably won't include things like one-off bonuses but something which is paid on a regular basis or where, yeah, it may be that they say, right, you can look at the payslip um, because it's all coming through HMRC. So they'll know what people's payslips are each month. Um, and it may say, well, it's the average of a rolling 13 week period or a rolling 17 week period. There are several um, markers that are generally used elsewhere in payroll. Um, which they may tap into, but until we get more clarity and until we get this actual form available via the HMRC website, which will ena enable us to furlough employees, um, we don't know what it's asking for, so we're not sure yet. Okay, and with the same, again, I know commission and you've got a lot of employers that take dividends as well. Yeah, um, dividends probably won't be covered. Yeah. But it, there's a growing pressure on the government to do something for self-employed people um, and very often they only take dividends and therefore it's possible that what they might put in place for self-employed may also apply to debt directors or shareholders we don't know yet and we've made a couple of references to your website um, in the course of the podcast so, so far. Can we just remind people, Donna, how they can head over to your website to get that information, please? Yeah. So um, the main website is dohrdeltaoscarhotelromeo.co.uk. And on that landing page, on that homepage, you'll see a coronavirus logo. You can't you click, miss it. <laughs> <laughs> if you click that, it will take you to our specialist coronavirus page. There's FAQs on there. Um, there's a couple of how-to guides. Um, and I will probably at some point today write and put up a furlough policy um, just because it's not something that any organisation will ever have had before. Okay, so, go, so can I go back to that furlough and excuse me because I may be being thick here. Nice to see your cat in the background joining in. <laughs> uh, it's all right. We've got dogs, parrots, so we're a, we're a pet friendly podcast. And kids now. And, 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 and kids as well. So if I put my half my staff on furlough, mm -hmm. um, one, we don't know how long it's going to be. Correct. Uh, we can then, when hopefully we get out of this and things improve, they can all be brought back into the business. So the government have put this uh, money in place for an initial three month period. Yeah. So when you furlough your staff, communication is going to be absolutely essential. Um, so the one thing I would say to all employers, before you send all your staff off home, make sure that you've got their personal email addresses and their personal mobile numbers, because very often employers will only use 
work emails to communicate with people. Well, of course, those people aren't on their work emails now. So it's really important that you've got their uh, personal email addresses. Communication is absolutely key. And what I would suggest is taking it month by month. So if you're going to furlough employees this week, um, furlough them, give them the communication, give them the clarity that it's till the end of April, but that you will review the situation on the 20th of April, because by then we will know so much more. And at that point, you will know whether or not you need to do it for another month or whether you need to put more staff on furlough or take some staff off furlough. So your organisation will evolve as this thing, this virus evolves. Um, so I would say don't take any massive long-term decisions that are harder to reverse. Take a decision that's going to give people clarity, gives you clarity, enables you to make decisions in your business, um, and then review it again and tell people when you're going to review it. You mentioned there, Donna, two different scenarios, furlough and short-term working. Short working. Now, we've had a message on our uh, podcast page to say that um, I'm being asked to do short-term working, but also be available to take calls from clients in my normal regular hour, uh, my, my normal regular hours. Does that contravene short-term working? What is short-term working? Because, uh, well, Certainly from the conversation that was um, posted, it would appear that the decision may be to furlough some staff, some colleagues um, of that business, but then ask uh, you know, one or two, three, four, however many key people within that business to continue to receive phone calls in the, in the usual normal office hours and possibly over six days as opposed to five just to help keep the business afloat. What, yeah, so those people should then technically be paid for the time that they're working. So if you are expecting somebody to be available Monday to Friday, nine to five, or Monday to Saturday, you know, I don't know, 10 to four, then those people should be paid at their normal rate for that. Now, the only variation to that is that obviously at any point in time, um, employers have the ability to agree not enforced to agree with their staff a variation to contract and that can be on a short-term or a permanent basis so it may be worth employers having that conversation with their staff and saying look i can't we can't guarantee you this payment we don't know exactly what's coming in but for all the time that you work if the phone rings if you're on the phone then we will pay you for that um, the other thing that we're say, seeing is people being asked to take salary cuts. Um, so a change, so they're working the same hours, um, but um, for less pay. And the one thing I would say with that is if you're going to do with that, you've got to make sure that they're still being paid national minimum wage. Um, and it has to be a two-way process because, because otherwise um, you're at risk of... Um, illegal deductions from wages. So it has to be agreed by both parties. It can't be enforced. At the moment, contracts of employment apply, normal employment law applies, and you can't just cut people's salary. And we're seeing that with all sorts of sectors, but one um, sort of the salon sector where people are quite low paid and security guards as well, that came up the other day, um, to cut people's pay would take them below national minimum wage, and that is illegal. So you just need to be mindful 
um, if you are going to ask people to take a cut, but still need them to work their normal hours, what does that do to their pay rate? You can cut their hours and keep them on their normal pay rate for the hours that they work. So there were two or three different ways of doing that short term working. One of the uh, miscommunications that seems to be out there at the moment, um, certainly for a lot of, of, of business owners, I've involved in a lot of threads, um, particularly related to our industry, Donna, um, where business owners are still asking whether the furlough arrangement is a grant or a loan and don't seem to be understanding that this is government money. It's not a loan to be repaid. No. Um, I just wonder if you could clarify the stance so on that for, for two, our audience. There are two different... Uh, well, actually, I think there are three different pots of money available. So um, this money, the uh, coronavirus job retention scheme, is not a loan. It does not need to be paid back. It is money that is coming from the government um, to pay employees so that they are not made redundant. That means, in effect, that it's a little bit selfish because the government would then have to pay those people all um, they'd have to put them into the universal credit system, they'd have to process them. There's, so it's, it's kind of a way of reducing pressure on them elsewhere in the system, but that money is not alone. There is also the, um, there, there is a loan scheme, it's the coronavirus. It, it's been transferred from another loan scheme and that is a loan. Um, it will give businesses up to something like £5 million. Um, but I'm hearing a lot of warnings about that one because they'll look at the viability. Because it's a loan, all the normal banking and loan procedures still apply. And they'll look at the viability of your business prior to all of this happening. So they're not going to look at it now. They'll look at how robust your business was beforehand. But they're also asking for personal guarantees. And that means that if you lose your business at the end of all of this, you personally are the guarantor for that loan. Crikey. So the advice that I'm hearing is be, yes, that money is available, but it is a loan and be really, really careful with it. Um, other monies that are available is um, the employment allowance, which is um, going from £3,000 a year to £4,000 a year. Um, and it comes, it means it's um, the smallest of businesses and it's um, a sort of a national insurance holiday for businesses. So you get the first, well, now it's going to be £4,000 of NI doesn't need to be paid and that's from the 6th of April. So it seems like there are some extraordinary measures that are being put into place and listening to what you're saying and trying to make sense of it. As you know, I'm an employee and, uh, you know, employers have got very difficult decisions and challenging waters to circumnavigate over the coming weeks. But to me, I'm sensing that as a general rule of thumb, you keep your integral team working and furlough those that you can. Is that... Yeah. I, th I think that's pretty much um, what a lot of employers are having to do. So um, I was talking to um, another estate agent over the weekend um, and they have team leaders and staff and they're talking about um, keeping one team going 
to support everybody. So they will furlough everybody else and keep one team intact um, just to do the fielding of the phone calls, the, um, yeah, if they are going out, if they're going out, then um, they will do that, but it has to be social distancing. So well, that, that leads nicely onto my next question because you're a specialist in this field, Donna. Um, I received a message um, on Saturday um, from a, a colleague within the industry. They are employed and they said, um, just get it up on my phone, two seconds. Um, Andy, just wonder whether you, with any of your connections you can help. Um, I'm still being asked to do valuations and viewings, but this seems to contradict the government's social distancing measures. What are my rights? Okay, so employers have a duty of care towards their staff, which means that they can't put them into a situation where there is any kind of risk. Um, if the property is empty, for argument's sake, um, then the person who goes and, and does the valuation, the estate agent, um, isn't going to come into contact with anybody in that property. Therefore, it's safe to do it. Um, if there are people at home who are asking for valuations, there are a couple of ways that it could be done. One is via technology. So actually asking the householder to walk around the house with their phone and do a video um, viewing, if you like, of that house. I know it's not the same, I get that. But if people want to continue to operate and people want to put their houses on the market, then it, it's got to be practical. The only other way to do it is to go into a house face mask, gloves, you know, and even the face masks that we've got, they're not sufficient. This is a virus, it's, it's going to go through. It, it's not like it's dust or something. Um, so I would question that, but I guess it's better than nothing. Um, and then everybody in the house has to just be in a different room while the estate agent is walking around the house. Um, it's not practical, it, it might be practical. Um, it doesn't feel very practical. I would try and do as much as possible via video. So that in itself draws questions with viewings, because obviously by virtue of the fact that it is a viewing and it's accompanied, uh, there will be other people there. Um, yeah. And I suppose from that angle, you know, just I'm just trying to think outside the box or, you know, as somebody that conducts viewings myself in, in ordinary day to day business, although it has to be said that they are few and far between at the moment, the, the two meter social distancing, it's very difficult to enforce that and on a viewing. it shouldn't be done. And, and that, if you listen to Boris Johnson talking yesterday, he's saying, yes, go out and get fresh air, but social distancing, you know, keep two metres from people around you. And that is no different going out to do a viewing. Um, and an employer cannot insist that somebody does that and puts themselves and their family at risk. I think the one thing, you know, we're recording this podcast for our listeners uh, via Zoom. So it, it gives us the functionality of being able to look and see each other. And, and then yeah. you know, so we know when to cut in and not to cut in um, and, and to try and run it as smoothly as possible. I think what's really, what, you know, the, the, the most important message here that is in a socially distanced environment, we have to remember how digitally connected we are. And we can use that now to our advantage. 
yeah, absolutely. Um, and there are, you know, plenty of um, people who will take their first look at a property by going online and looking at the images, looking at originally it was photos, more and more now it's 360 or it's video um, that's available online. But when somebody, I'm sure you know this, is, yeah, as someone who has moved house, the first thing you do is go and look at the pictures online to determine whether or not you even want to go and see that property. And I think that we, you may not be able to close the deals without seeing the property, but you can certainly shortlist the properties that you want to see. Um, and it may be that, you know, you have to put householders in touch with potential buyers so that they can do the show rounds using their own phones and stuff. It's going to, it's going to be uncomfortable. Um, there's going to feel like the risk of the estate agent being cut out. Um, certainly if you're putting a buyer in direct touch with a homeowner um, so that they can do a show round virtually. Um, but that's where policies, procedures, processes within your business need to be tightened to ensure that there is that smooth continuity of business because ultimately we all want to come out of this with business that is going to take off. You, you know, the other thing is that once people have been hold up in their own homes for eight weeks, 12 weeks, whatever it is, some of them might be desperate to buy new homes after that. Um, let's hope so, Donna, let's so, hope so. Um, you know, hopefully all of the estate agents are gonna do what it takes now to protect their core business, but so that they can come out stronger and that's with good quality staff who are trained, who feel some loyalty to their employers for having kept them on during these tough times okay so just going back on that going back to the short-term contracts rather than um the furlong contract because you know i agree when we come out of here i think there's going to be loads of pent-up demand um the short-term contracts have they got to be at um where they were with the long-term contracts or can they be amended to reflect a salary um cut um, can they be re-agreed so to 80% um, or is it just best to say you know what furlong furlong the majority because um, that's what's best for the business okay and just so... take every day every day at the time rather than worry about eight or 12 weeks because actually we may not be here at eight, eight or 12 weeks so you can't just change someone's contract if you are going to ask people to make variations to their contract, then it needs to be through consultation, negotiation and mutual agreement. Um, so, you know, it, you may get into a situation and I can see where this would happen in a business where you want to put some staff on to um, short term working. So say it's 50%. So you're going to cut their salary by 50% and you're going to cut their working hours by 50%. Um, so they've still got to work, but they only get 50% of their salary. You've got other people who aren't working at all, but they're getting 80% of their salary. And that can be quite a challenge to manage within one business. So a business owner needs to look down through individuals and determine 
who would get what in terms of actual money because the 2,500 cap may mean that some people are better off with that 50% work or that 60% work or whatever it is, rather than the 80% of furlough. So again, you can, as long as you've got the skills, if you've got multiple people doing the same things, then look at who is impacted and in what way before making your decision. But there will be some people whose only option is to be furloughed. Um, and those, as I said, are people who cannot work from home, whose work has disappeared completely, um, who perhaps are now homeschooling or who have underlying health issues and therefore can't come into the office or can't do anything. Can I ask to be furlonged? Um, there's nothing stopping you. If somebody wants to be furloughed, there is nothing stopping them asking or volunteering just as you would for voluntary redundancies um, and it may be that an employer does turn around and say right i've got 10 of you who are all estate agents you know you're all um estate agents as opposed to support staff um i need five of you to be furloughed and five of you can carry on working full pay etc do i have any volunteers for the furloughs and that's okay. But I would do that sort of thing in an all company meeting or I would set out um, the criteria um, that you're going to use for selection of those staff. And the first one may be volunteers. The second one, you know, may be people who are unable to work from home. Donna, as I said, we've had a few questions and um, it coming into to the podcast and, and us individually. One of those is um, my children have been sent home from school. I need to stay at home to look after them. What are my rights as an employee? Am I protected? So that's where you know the employment law hasn't changed. Um, what we're saying is that if people cannot work for example you know my kids are 16 and 19 they don't need looking after but if somebody has a six-year-old and a nine-year-old they do need looking after um, and the parents cannot work um, so that's where the government have introduced the job retention scheme so they would be an absolute candidate for furloughing okay but it's but it's not an automatic right it does need to you know be through the company, a decision does need to be made. It needs to be agreed through the company, otherwise pre presumably the statutory um, emergency measures of up to four weeks unpaid leave per parent in any 52 week period apply? Per child, yes. Per child. So, yeah, so if somebody could potentially have eight weeks off using unpaid parental leave, or if that's if they've got two children, I mean, they might have three, in which case it's 12 weeks, so yes. And that in itself draws its challenges financially, doesn't it? And I, I suppose at this stage, we don't know. Well, we do know that there are no protective measures for those for those people uh, or for that situation at the moment, other than the furlough arrangement that, that we've been discussing at length. Correct. And, you know, all the normal bullying, harassment, discrimination, all of those laws still apply. Um, there's been no relaxing and, and there shouldn't be. It's right that there isn't. But that, you know, if somebody feels that they're being discriminated against because of their status as a parent, um, then they would have a normal claim as they would under any other normal circumstances. 
Donna, thank you so much for your time this morning. Um, challenging times ahead. Um, lots of choppy waters to, uh, to circumnavigate. Um, I would imagine that your industry is going to work in the reverse to mine, um, in that I think you are going to be crazily busy um, over the coming weeks. And um, certainly the signs are that um, we, we may not be. So uh, really appreciate you taking the time to uh, talk to us at the Estate Agents podcast today. Thank you for inviting me. Stephen. Thank you. Thank you, Donna. I'm grateful for your time, grateful for your knowledge. So thanks very much for sharing it. Um, we will try and speak to Luke to get this out as quickly as possible. Or Andy, you may learn new skills today. Um, <laughs> and Donna, thank you once again. Really, really grateful and um, look forward to speaking to you um, later again. So, and as we said earlier, there may be business owners or individual clients that in times of uncertainty and need may wish to draw upon Donna's expertise. Initially, please don't swamp her with phone calls. We've deliberately not released her mobile number and won't be doing so on the podcast today. But you can connect on the website, which is Delta Oscar Hotel Romeo, dohr.co.uk. Head straight to the landing page, which you can't miss, um, which is uh, aptly titled Coronavirus. You'll see all of the information you need on there. Um, and if you do need to contact her, please email her through the website. The contact page is there so that she can give prioritization to those that most need it. Thanks, listeners. Choppy waters ahead, but together we will get through this. Stay strong, stay healthy, stay positive and be kind. Thank you for listening. Thanks. Bye.